city of Jerusalem. A father sadly looked into the eyes of his children. He said the time for sacrifice has come. Our sins must be must be atoned. The younger one said, I don't understand why our sins can't be forgiven without the killing of my lamb. The father took the young child by the hand and said, When the lion out of Judah will become the Lamb of God and take our sins away, there will come a day. No more sacrifice is needed, perfect grace will be completed, oh my child.
<laughs> that is what they call the better half. Matthew chapter 21. Praise the name of the Lord. He has been honored and glorified in this place. <coughs> what a good spirit that's in this place today. Thank you, Brother Caleb, for that. It's good to see the Reese's with us. What a powerful song that was. What a great message. The choir, it's all been honoring and glorifying to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, I do want to make uh, one quick announcement. Brother Rob didn't want to make it, uh, so I'm going to make it for him. Next Sunday evening, we will be interviewing Brother Rob Cox for the position that we have open. Uh, for our youth associate pastor, I want to encourage you and ask you to be praying for him. At 5 o'clock, we will have a time for answering and questions and all of this. He's a nervous wreck. He, don't know, he doesn't know what to do, and we don't either. But God's going to get us through this. Most of all, we need to be praying. Amen, church? We need to be praying for this, and I know God is going to provide. What a mighty God we serve. You stood up and down all morning. I'm going to get you to stand again this morning. If there's anything worth standing up for, it's the Word of God. What a story we have before us today. Our Savior begins to give a parable. It says in verse 33, Matthew chapter 21, in verse 33, here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to the husbandmen and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants more than the first and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him. Let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. When the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? They say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men. And will let out his vineyard unto the husbandmen, which shall render his fruits in their seasons. Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and isn't it marvelous in our eyes? Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you, and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word this morning. Open our hearts to it. Lord, I pray that you give me that unction from your Holy Spirit today that I stand in need of. Lord, I don't want to preach in my power, but I want to preach in your power. Lord, I want you to have control of this message today. We don't need to hear from me, but we need to hear from you. Lord, open our hearts. May lost souls be saved today. Lord, I pray that we would apply this scripture to our life. And all this we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. 
In verse 37 is our text today. Jesus said, but last of all, he sent unto them his son. I want to speak to you this morning on that subject. But last of all, he sent unto them his son. From the beginning of time in the Garden of Eden, there have been two positives in this world that has never changed. There's been a lot of things in this world that has come and gone. There's been a lot of trends. There's been a lot of fads. But I want you to know that there's two things that has gone on in this world since the Garden of Eden. Number one is this simple fact that God desires fellowship and communion with all mankind. From the Garden of Eden we see a loving God that desired fellowship and communion with mankind. All through scriptures we see that God loves us, that God gave us, that God has done all for us to fellowship with us, to commune with us. May I tell you today that when we wake up in the morning that He wants us to have Him on our hearts, on our minds and our thoughts and everything that we are. He wants to be the preeminence of of our life. I want you to know that we are to Him today. I want you to know that He loves you. That He's given everything for you. He desires to fellowship with you. May I say the most wicked ones in the world, God wants to fellowship with them too. He wants to fellowship with all mankind. It doesn't matter what color you are, what culture you come from. God loves us. God gave us. God has saved us. I want you to know that God wants to fellowship with us. Revelation 3.20 Jesus said, Behold I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Aren't you glad that Jesus knocked on your door? Aren't you glad that Jesus came your way one day and said Josh Llewellyn, said Rodney Chapman, said Bull Wells, I want to come in and I want to fellowship with you. He wants to come and sup with us and live with us and dwell among us. May, may I tell you, He doesn't want to just be a little part of our life. He wants to be our life today. He desires full communion and full fellowship with man. But number two, the problem with that is sin will always separate God and man in that fellowship. I want you to know that man cannot approach God in his sinful condition. As much as God wants to fellowship with us, the Bible says that we come short of the glory of God. God is holy. God is perfect. God is without error. If there is anything that is right, if there's anything that is good, I want you to know it's in the Lord today. Everything that's right in this world is found in the Jehovah God. He's perfect and holy without errors. May I tell you, He doesn't make mistakes this morning. He doesn't, he doesn't have mess-ups like we do. He's perfect. But the mankind that He wants to fellowship with is not perfect. And we come short of the glory of God. God wants us in the morning to talk to Him. He wants us in the evening to talk to Him. Why don't we? Because we're sinners. And we come short of the glory of God. Our nature pushes us away from God. It has alienated us from the Lord. And may I tell you that in that God said, I must reconcile man. I love man so much. I want to fellowship with man so much. But in the sin of man, they cannot fellowship with me the way they are. 
I must reconcile man to me. May I tell you that God desires our fellowship today. I know sometimes we don't have time to go to church. I know sometimes we don't have time to pray. We don't have time to read our Bibles. I know sometimes, man, we're, we're, we're tight with time and tight for things. And man, it's tough going to God sometimes. But I want us this morning to see the links in the hoops that the Father went through to gain fellowship with you. I want you to know that God has gone through great lengths for us to be here today. God has sent a lot of folks, and a lot of folks have lost their life so that we could be here today and worship a Jehovah God. Amen. I want you to know that God desires to fellowship with us. He wants to fellowship with us. But in the midst of that, He had to fix that sin problem. The sin must be dealt with. And aren't you glad there's a remedy today? Aren't you glad there's a cure for sin? Aren't you glad that there is something that can be done to gain fellowship with an almighty God? God wants you today. God wants your fellowship. He wants your communion. There should be nothing standing between you and the Lord today. I want you to notice, number one, the story that is told. The story that is told. Notice in verse 33, Jesus said, Hear another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a winepress in it and built a tower and led it out to the husbandmen and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent the servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. He points out several characters in this story. The first character that he talks about is the householder. This is simply the master of the house. This is the one who owns the land. This is the one... That, that, that contains everything that this vineyard is planted upon. This vineyard could not be here without this owner, without this master. There must be a master of the house. The householder here is a picture of God the Father. I want you to know that God the Father is the master of the world. This is all His. Everything that's in it belongs to the Lord. I want you to know that He's planted a vineyard. I want you to know that God, that everything that is here belongs to the Lord. He is our Creator today. Amen. He has created everything that we have, everything that we are. We would have nothing without the Lord. The master of the house is the Lord. And he's planted a vineyard, and he's got this big world here. And in this big world, he has placed these husbandmen. These are the farmers. These are the ones that are there to take in the fruit, okay? The, the vineyard is planted. Everything is done in that vineyard so that fruit can be produced. And the fruit is for the farmers. The fruit, the fruit is for the people. And the master of the house want the people to receive the fruit. But in that, if the people are going to receive the fruit, there must be servants sent to go out and harvest that fruit, to plant those seeds, to go and water those seeds, to go and work in those fields so that the farmers, the husbandmen, can receive the fruits of the world. Now, I want you to know that God has created everything in here. Now, when we go to the Old Testament and we see what He did in the Old Testament, God planted a vineyard in the nation of Israel. And God desired in the nation of Israel that the nation of Israel would do everything in a way and in a manner that the whole world would see God through them. 
He wanted them to be the servants in the world, going out, sowing the seed, watering the seed. And throughout the Old Testament, all of Israel was there to be a vineyard, to be the servants and the workers for the Lord, to give God honor and glory. And may I say that in all they did wrong, there was a lot of good that came from it. And may I say that a lot of fruit was seen and a lot of people were saved through the witness and testimony of the nation of Israel. And the Bible said in the book of Isaiah, I believe chapter 5, that God planted a vineyard. And He, he, he put a tower in it and He put a gate around it. And, he, and, and when He got done, He said, what else could I do to it? You see, God did everything for Israel to shine. But Israel rejected the Lord. And so when Israel rejected the Lord, he said, well, no longer will Israel be the servants in my field. Now I will raise up the local New Testament church. And now in the New Testament days, here we have the field. Here we have the vineyard. And the workers of the vineyard in the field is the local New Testament church. It's us, y'all. It's us that are saved and bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, commissioned to go and teach and baptize. It's us that is to go out and to sow these seeds and to go give the good news message of Jesus Christ. May I say we hold the most powerful message in all of the world. Our message saves. Our message redeems. Our message forgives. Y'all can amen when y'all get ready. Our message is the cure for every wrong in this country today. I want want you to know we hold the good news message of Jesus Christ. It's our job to go sow these seeds. It's our job to go out there. And may I tell you that if God is going to get glory from anybody, it ought to be us. It ought to be Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church that, that God is seen and that the message is being carried out. I want you to notice these husbandmen are the, the farmers, the ones receiving the fruit. Here we are working in the fields. Here we are sowing the seeds. But don't you want people to receive the message? Who's the message for? For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever... Aren't you thankful today for whosoever? I don't know about you, but I'm one of those whosoevers. You're one of those whosoevers. Man, don't you in your ignorance today think the gospel is for a certain one or a certain group? The gospel is for whosoever. For God so loved the world. Where are we to take the seed? Where are we to take the gospel message to? To the world. To the lost and dying world. That they may see, and most of all, that they may receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I want you to notice number two, the servants that was given. Notice in verse 34. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they may receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. And again, he sent other servants more than the first and they did unto them likewise. Notice the servants that were given. You see, God planted this vineyard, but for this vineyard to continue on, there must be workers in that vineyard. And so He sent workers from the beginning of time, from the Garden of Eden on, He has sent servants to go out and give this message. Now remember God's desire is to reconcile man back to Him. God wants to fellowship with us. And so everything that God did in the Old Testament and New Testament is for the sole purpose to reconcile us back to Him. And He gave servants so that we can be saved. He gave men and women 
They gave their lives. They laid it down so that we could have the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I want you to think about something. One of the first preachers we see in the Bible is Noah. He gave Noah and the flood to humanity. For 120 years, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and he was a preacher of righteousness. God looked out, and that humanity that he created, they had sinned against God. God was uh, upset. God could not fellowship with the world. Are y'all with me this morning? God could not fellowship with them. He said, I'm going to send them Noah, and I'm going to send them the flood. Noah began to preach. He was a preacher of righteousness. Every day he preached the flood was coming. Judgment is coming. But not only only did he preach judgment, but he preached grace. Amen. Come get on the boat. Come get on the ship. God will save you. You know what? They rejected Jonah. They rejected his message. They beat Jonah. They scorned Jonah. Jonah was ridiculed for being a servant of the Lord. After knowing the flood came Moses and the law. Moses came as a servant of the Lord to give the law to humanity. You know why we have the law today? Because God gave it to us through Moses. He gave it to us through His servants. He gave a servant named Moses to go and be a servant of the vineyard, to go and plant, to go and sow seeds. They rejected Moses. They rejected His message. They rejected the law. Then He sent David in the Psalms. And boy, you can get in the Psalms of David and you can see that King David, what a, what a preacher he was. Man, what a praiser he was. He loved the Lord. He loved to praise the Lord. And I guarantee you that everybody that lived in the kingdom that David reigned over knew about the Lord. I want you to know that he went and he preached and he sang and he praised the name of the Lord over and over and over. And David was rejected. Jeremiah and Ezekiel was sent with a passionate cry. Isaiah came with a prophetic message. He, he said, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. And Isaiah chapter 1, he said, Come now, let us reason together. Aren't you glad that he gave us his servants today? You can go through every book of the Old Testament. God gave people to us so that we can have the message over and over through generations. There was people given into the New Testament. John the Baptist came to the scene. John the Baptist came preaching, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The servants were given. The servants were beat. The servants were scorned. The servants lost their life for the gospel message of Jesus Christ. A lot of families were ruined because they loved the Lord and they believed in the gospel gospel message. I want you to know a lot of broken homes were going on in that day because they loved the Lord and they were persecuted for it. And every time the world would kill them, God would send more. He said, I'm not going to give up. That ought to get you excited. And then another generation of believers would come and the world would beat them and scorn them and reject them. And God said, I'm not going to give up. And He'd send some more. And the world would beat them and reject them and scorn them. 
He said, I'm not going to give up. He'd send some more, and he'd send some more. May I tell you that God has been relentless. Man, may I tell you that God has been long-suffering. May I tell you that God has been patient. And God has gone through hoops after hoops and families and servants so that we could have the message of Jesus Christ. You know why you can go and pray where you are, anywhere you are? Because he gave servants to give you this message. May I tell you that in my life, He gave me servants to give me the good news message of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that He keeps sending? He keeps sending. Oh, but notice what the Bible says. Oh, notice what the Bible says. In verse 36, again, He sent other servants more than the first. And they did unto them likewise. Notice number three, the son given. Y'all can shout if y'all want to here in a minute. I'm telling you. He sent servants, they rejected. They sent servants, they rejected. But last of all, He sent unto them His Son. The Son that was given. May I tell you, the Son given was not God going through a process of elimination that let me try Jonah, let me try Moses. If that doesn't work, I'll send Jesus. That's not what God did, okay? From the foundation of the world, God had a plan. And in the midst of that plan involved His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And in the midst of that plan, Jesus would go to Calvary. He would die. He would, he would give His life on that cross for you and for me. And that day His blood would be shed for the atonement of all the sins of the entire world. And bless God, part of that Part of that plan from the foundation of the world is that in three days He would get up and He would defeat death, hell, and the grave. I want you to know that God did not go through a process of elimination. Jesus was the plan all along. If you look at the message of Noah and the message of Moses and the message of David, it was a message of Jesus Christ, the one coming to save the world from their sins. I want you to know there's one today that can reconcile us back to God the Father and it's His Son. May I tell you the servant, the Son has done what the servants couldn't do. The Son has done what the servants could not do. First Peter said, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Listen here but was manifest in these last times for you. Aren't you glad that He was manifest for you? That we can see Him, that we can receive Him. Notice what it said in verse 38 of our text. But when the husbandmen saw the Son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill Him. Let us seize on His inheritance. May I tell you, we need the inheritance of the Son of God. The Son of God was and is the heir to the throne. And we are in great need of His inheritance. But rejecting Him is not the answer. Rejecting Him and pushing Him away will not gain you that inheritance today. May I tell you the only thing, the only way to receive the inheritance of Jesus Christ is to be saved. To trust in Jesus. To put your faith and your hope and your all in Him. May I tell you, lost person today, that God wants to fellowship with you. God wants you to go to heaven when you leave this whole world. May I say this today? Heaven is real. 
Hell is real. Death is real. And it's coming one day for you. And God does not accept you to go to hell. He gave His Son. He gave servants and servant after servant. But last of all, He sent unto them His Son. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. And there's times that I don't have time to talk to Him. There's times that I'm too busy to stop and pray. And God sent servants for me so that I could fellowship with Him. There's times that, that we don't want anything to do with the Lord, but lives have been lost so that I can pray and commune with the Almighty God. I'm going to do this. I've done a bunch. Connor, stand up. He gave His Son. He gave His Son. Come here, Connor. You're not in trouble. I called him coloring, though. I love y'all, but y'all can't have Him. I'm not God. God gave His only begotten Son so that we can fellowship and commune with Him on a daily basis. And we let the little bitty things stand in the way. We let tradition, we let all these other things get in the way of us communing with an Almighty God. He wants to fellowship with you today. He wants you to praise Him. He wants you to worship Him in spirit and truth. And every time you say, well, I ain't got time, you be thinking what He did for you. You be thinking this morning as you sit there, I'm not going to receive. Has anybody in your life gave their only son for you? No. But God did. God did. But last of all, they sent unto them his son. He gave his very best. If it took a doctor, he'd give us a physician. If it took a lawyer, He'd give us the best lawyer, attorney that there's ever been. But it didn't take that. It took a perfect, sinless lamb, the lamb of an almighty God, to be sacrificed and offered for the sins of the entire world. You know why? So that you can fellowship with God. He came to this world with His, fe with his face set Upon Jerusalem. He set his face like a flint in the midst of adversity. You know why? Because God said, I want a fellowship with man. I want a fellowship with man. What's holding us back today? God did everything that we need in order to be saved and to walk and talk with him on a daily basis. Every time that we have invitation, these altars ought to be full. You know why? Because God gave His very best for us to fall on our face and pray and worship Him 